friends, welcome to episode 245 of Storyteller Conclave. This is a show all about helping you run the best tabletop role-playing game that you can, whether you're a new storyteller or dungeon master learning the craft, or an experienced storyteller looking to take your game to the next level. I'm Sarah. I'm Rob. How are you doing, Rob? Hey, yeah, fair to mid. Yeah, you've been yeah. having a rough day today, man. It's It's been a rough couple of days, but uh, like between weather and just general body feelings and like emotions and work and everything else it's, yeah, i'm 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 fair to me i'm surviving good I'm news surviving. though it's yeah. wednesday it's therapy night it is Julia. so funny enough and i'll i'll, I'll say this I, I had my actual therapy yesterday yeah uh which is the first time we got to meet since november because my therapist had a kid oh yeah so congratulations well, to her that would do it but like when you do those gaps there's filler that you have to catch up on so be expected that that return is like Hey, let's look at all these wounds. Yeah. And you got to remember that those are things that happen. So mm-hmm. I will say the same thing happens in, in role playing for like, <laughs> if it's been too long since you've played your character and you come back, you're like, oh yeah, that did happen. Oh, that's right. Yeah. So there's a certain <laughs> sense of that. I think that that follows under role playing as well. So, you know, under the guise of therapy, mm-hmm. but, uh, how you doing? Pretty good, pretty good, pretty good. Had the the, the the first chill day I've had off of work and for well, not not off of work, but like yeah. at, at work for yeah, months. Light work for you. Yeah. So so it was it was okay. It was a pretty relaxing day. Good. Um, and uh, we got to we got to play Sean's Nova Praxis game. We did uh, last we did. weekend. I think that went, was went pretty well actually. Um, it was kind of a heist, which was kind of neat. I think because we made it one. Yeah. Well, no, fun. I mean, I think it was always it was always intended to be a heist, but mm. uh, the. I, I really liked kind of the, the the way we went about it. Um, he also used a, a system that he had dug up for um, uh, that was, I guess, popular in Savage Worlds Explorer Edition, which is the last version of Savage Worlds, mm-hmm. um, called Frameworks. And he's been really excited to use it. Um, and it was a it was it was a little um, it was a little bumpy because it was the first time employing a rule set, and that's always bumpy. But um, honestly, I really liked overall how it kind of came together and i liked how it was structured yeah um so that was that was kind of cool and ultimately we had a lot of fun yeah 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 and i mean the key to any of those things is like okay try it Mm -hmm. see see if everybody can roll with it like Mm -hmm. how what what didn't i know as a storyteller that i need to know for these things yeah because you it's hard without like practice to know what you're missing chunk wise yeah 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 so and that's that's always the problem with storytelling, just to kind of in general, is you're always you're you're in your own head, so you know what's going on, but mm-hmm. then you have to convey that to like four to six other people at your table, you yeah. know. And it, that that can sometimes be the trick. I know some of my you know plot points have fallen f- fallen flat because I'm like, ah, there it is, and you're like, there what is, and I'm like, the thing. Oh, the thing. Oh, did I not describe that? Hold on, this is what happened. You're like, oh okay. yeah, now I now I understand why that's a thing. Okay. That makes a lot more sense now. Yeah. Like I was really excited. I was really excited about that one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, painting obvious pictures is, yeah. is hard when it's always in your head first. Uh, yeah. So. But that being said, um, speaking of having a cozy day. Oh my lord, my lord! I swear, I'm glad we're having tea. Yeah, because it, it fits this so well. So tonight, uh, second Wednesday of the month, we always do system spotlights. Um, tonight we are talking about Wander Home, um, written by Jay Dragon uh, and published by Possum Creek Games. Mm-hmm. Um, I think this game, and I said this to you at dinner, is th- this is the game that I thought Root was going to be. Yeah, yeah. I feel like we stepped into Root with not enough information. 
Yeah. Uh, that was our thing, because way too many people were like, how did you not know that that's what Root was? Like, like we were going to do the Dune RPG, and we thought it would just be like an exploring the desert RPG. Right, Dune, that sounds that sounds cheerful. There's dunes on the beach. Is it like a beach day? No, it is definitely not a beach day, and Root was definitely not a cozy, uh, wandery game. But this is, without a doubt, the coziest game. The softest of the softs. Mm-hmm. Um, Just it, ten ply. Yeah, one hundred percent. It's it is uh, narrative heavy, handed. Yeah, like it, it, it's it's hard not to just look at this and go, ah. Oh. It's. I mean, it. You almost. It's it's the it's probably the, the the purest form of like RPG that there is. It is because it is only role playing. Yeah, basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the mechanics are. I mean, this is the most watered down mechanics I've ever seen. The most rules light uh, game that I've ever seen. Well, okay. You could. I will say this. You could have done this game in a single page. You mm-hmm. could have, but you would have never reached the level of comfort atmosphere and atmosphere yeah. that this game gives you yeah. it does everything to draw you in page by page to a world that you're creating by giving you evoking feelings giving you the theme giving you everything else to be carte blanche and i love that like th- there's very little about the lore of mm-hmm. this world. it It's everything on the... All the framework is there. Yeah, yeah. Without giving you any specifics. So let's talk a little bit about what they do give you here. Cause okay. Because I don't want to talk around it and then never <laughs> never get to be, it. Be like them? Yeah. Uh, so, all right. So what is what is the, the, the setting and feel that they do give you for, for Wander Home here? Um, so it's the, the, the world is called Heath. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's spelled with one of those cool little A-E. A-E's, yeah. Sort of things. Um, and it's, it's just kind of a world of wonder populated by anthropomorphic animals. Yeah. Magic is not as people know it. Mm -hmm. Like we, we know in D and D or your traditional sense, it is the energies bonding and, and, uh, and that of nature and God and small gods, small and forgotten gods. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Um, since the since all the people are animals, yes, all of what we would be animals are bugs, right? Um, so people herd uh, flocks of bumblebees, mm-hmm. and uh, moths are used as carrier pigeons, yep. and uh, giant beetles are used as beasts of burden to pull carts. Yeah, and and the scale is adjustable. Adjustable, yeah. Like we're not we're not really the worried idea about it. of a minute of of a. Uh, of a ram and a ferret having tea is 100% acceptable. They're, they're, they're similar size and, yeah. you know, and yeah. such. Um, so it's, it's, it, there is no weirdness in that. It is, um, uh, Mr. Toad esque in that sense. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, it'll, uh, very, 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 we're, we're focused a lot more on the wonder of it than we are of the, you know, verisimilitude, the, 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 or say the, 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 the realism of it. Yeah. Know? A lot of people, uh, would peg the, um, anthropomorphics closer to Redwall 
in that sense. I'm not familiar enough with um, Redwall too. Yeah, for, for those of those in the know of, of Redwall, um, it definitely sits kind of in that framework. Definitely not in the theme, mm-hmm. but in the in that design of it. So, right. um, but then the grand difference in that sense is that it isn't a world of war. In fact, it is a world post-war where the there is no fighting. Yeah, it says it says the the, the fighting is is over now. Yeah. Um along with that basically there's basically no violence in the game. At least not not in the sense that that you know it from, you know, like yeah. the, the coming at it from like a Dungeons and Dragons player, you mm-hmm. know. This isn't a a, a realm where you're going to be defeating monsters and stuff like that, no. you know, whatnot. Um uh there is they don't really tell you much about the war either. No. Um, it's just that it has been fought and it is done now yep. and some of the scars remain to be healed, mm-hmm. but that's we're in that, they're in that, that, that time of healing. Mm-hmm. Um, the only real like hint that they give you is that there's, there's, uh, explicit reference to a group called the rebels, mm-hmm. but again, they don't tell you who they were rebelling against. Um, I guess their, their symbol was the orchid, mm-hmm. uh, but that is as much detail as you get. Yeah. It's a reference point. Mm-hmm. That is that is all. It is up for you to you and your group to decide to kind of tell that story. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And then uh, it also goes out of its way to explicitly explain that everyone is basically good and welcoming mm-hmm. in this world. Um, this isn't a cutthroat world filled with wounded people who are going to be need, you need to be suspicious of. And you know, if you spend the night in their you know sleeping in their barn, you know you're going to wake up without your purses the next morning. Like no, that's no you. That doesn't there, happen. That doesn't happen. Bas- basically, everyone is good. Um, I said you may find uh, occasionally find some people who are cruel, but those are usually solitary people who are in power that the power has corrupted and gotten to them. Right. Or hurt people who don't know how to respond. Yeah. And and often are there in need of help more than anything else. Um, so it's it's a story of... Of not just that, but also the journey mm-hmm. of you're, you're always moving. This game is one of the parts of this game is is that uh, that sits very uh, tight to it is this concept of travel. Yeah, even from page one, you get the sense that the the author traveled a lot and met a lot of people and is a wanderer of sorts, but never lost sight of home. Mm-hmm. And I think that's it. It it pours into every page of of what Wander Home and the setting is. And in fact, that's one of the prompts they kind of give you at the end of character creation before you start the game is think to yourself where or what is home. Yeah. To you. Yeah. And you know maybe maybe that definition changes along the way. Mm-hmm. You know. Mm-hmm. Um. Ultimately, though, like. You the, the the game is incredibly cozy, and to me, really paints a picture of um, a sense of childlike wonder in all things. Mm-hmm. And uh, it it even cites um, as a major inspiration in the credits at the back of the book um, uh, the f- films of Hao Miyazaki. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I it was easy to, like the moment I saw that I was like, hold on a second. And I had to just recontextualize some of the things that I'd read about in the book previously mm-hmm. as things that were literally inspirited away. Yeah, the small gods, a river god. Yeah, you know, or 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 or, or a radish god. Yeah, 
the small and forgotten gods. This is just their bathhouse, but they're the small and forgotten gods. They can still even, be cared for. Even the soot sprites. Yeah. You know? Yeah. The small and forgotten gods of the hearth. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's those types of things that they, they, they reference and remind you that are there. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the little things. Um, it, it talks about how uh, that, you know, even though you do have insects that are being used as um, as creatures of, of, of chore and uh, of resource, they're still respected. Yeah. They're they're friendly. They're they're companions mm-hmm. who are there to help you as much as as you as they can and, and you to them. Yeah. Uh, and the other cool thing about this is that there really is kind of three settings in one here. Mm-hmm. Um, so along the way, uh, a lot of a lot of things are described by traits mm-hmm. that are that are basically one word descriptors of um, how they act, what their major disposition is. Mm-hmm. And some of those traits are marked with a special symbol that marks them as magical, mm-hmm. um, meaning that that trait is supernatural in nature. Right. Um, there's another symbol on there, though, that denotes some of these traits as traumatized traits. Mm-hmm. And these are kind of darker. They come from more of a source of pain and things like that. Yep. Um, and at the beginning of your journey, you want to discuss with, uh, with the other players at the table... Uh, whether or not they want those magical and or traumatized traits to be part of the story. Yeah. If you include the magical ones, you're going to be telling a story with um, some magic and mysticism to it. Uh, but if you leave them out, you can make that story a lot more grounded, mm-hmm. um, a lot more, I suppose, realistic. It is realistic as a talking bunny riding a giant caterpillar can be. Right. Um, but... Uh, uh, you know, more more grounded in that sort of agrarian nature rather than, you know, the small and forgotten gods doing things. Right. Um, and then the traumatized traits, again, you know, if you want to explore some of those darker aspects, if you want to have sorrow and pain and, and you know, and the healing thereof, mm-hmm. obviously, the overcoming of these things as part of your story. Or if you just want to tell a nice lighthearted tale, you can easily leave all those traumatized traits out and just ignore them. Yeah. Yeah. So... Well, let's, let's at least grace the mechanics, because that's all you can do. All right, so, dice mechanics. There are none. What dice? There are no it's dice. It's diceless. This There's is the no first dice. diceless game we've, we've reviewed. Uh, yeah. I think that's that's accurate. Yeah. Even yeah. even Lasers and Feelings had a D6. They did. It did. Yep. But this has uh, a simple resolution system. Mm-hmm. It's, it's mostly just talk about it. Yeah. That's it. We agree that this is what happens. Yeah, that sounds nice. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. That works. It's that style of game. But know? there are tokens in this game that kind of give it a little bit of weight. Yeah, tokens are about the only effective, like, actual mechanic the game has. Mm-hmm. And that is to allow a, a kind of give and take into the narrative and from the narrative. And that is is that generally you, to gain a token... um. You have to give something of yourself, whether it's in, in being inconvenienced or beholden or or just giving of yourself to the world uh, by by taking time with it in some way, be it identifying the beauty, um, attaching to, you know, or, or praying to a god, a, f- a forgotten god asking for assistance. Um, but basically uh, being a catalyst for a specific moment. 
that can occur. Um, and for that, you gain a token, which can then be used to uh, resolve conflicts or trouble, ease ease pain even temporarily, um, keep someone safe, uh, find a thing that you need or a piece of, like a resource, um, reveal some truth, aka adding to the narrative in that sense, um, or consulting a god for guidance, you know, mm -hmm. uh, which might be able to help you through a situation. Um, so you can see how it's, even though it's narrative, there's still, like, encouragement by the tokens. Yeah, yeah. So... Uh, yeah, if you I mean, if you want to get something out of you know or or overcome a major hurdle, you need to spend a token. If you want to get a token, you need to give something or contribute something to the story. It's nice. It's a it's a very good push and pull. You know. Yeah, I I liked one of the examples that they gave because it wasn't directly a character thing that was going on, mm -hmm. but somebody had action had the uh, the area card in front of them. They were kind of in control of that area, mm -hmm. which happened to be uh, the swamp card. Yeah. Now they they were using that as a uh, as a descriptor of where they were, not being a physical swamp, but being something that would bog you down, a place that would keep you. Yeah. And so when one of the characters uh, did a moment where they were like, you know, I'm looking off in the distance and I see a ship and I'm going to say that that ship is my father's. Mm -hmm. So we need to leave. I don't want to see my father. I don't want to see my father. Yeah. You know, and kind of exposing that part of themselves. The other player said, well, I'm going to bog you down. Yep. You can't leave because it's tradition here that uh, no one leaves until daylight. Mm -hmm. Ships don't sail until daylight. Until dawn. Yep. So you're you're stuck here till tomorrow morning, and it's like, oh, okay. Uh -huh. So you can see how it it that player gave into the narrative a conflict mm -hmm. of some kind. Um, you know, one character was exposing something so they could get their uh their their token, mm -hmm. uh, and then the other one was like, aha, well. Guess what? Yeah, <laughs> like I'm yeah. going to do the same thing here and and handle the situation a little differently. And I think what what I love about that too is because you know because of the style of game this is because it is extremely cozy. You know, like death is not going to be on the line. You no. know, it's not even really that serious. You know, ultimately, no. Um, you know, you don't worry about. This is kind of something we learned from like Mouse Guard. You know, mm -hmm. uh, when when the stakes are are low enough you don't mind throwing complications at your fellow player because you know it makes the story more interesting. Exactly. Uh, I think a, a lot of us come from that, like, sweaty D&D, &D, you have to play absolutely optimally, you know, because the cause the, the, the DM is going to get you if, if you don't. Or the dice will just screw you in the end. Right, right. We all fear that dreaded TPK, you know, so we don't want to ever throw a monkey wrench in one of our players things why would you ever do that mm -hmm. uh and I, I love games like mouse guard and wander home that allow us the opportunity to be like no you know what this would be more interesting if a, if, a, if a difficult thing happened for us you know it would give us it would give us a thing that we need to overcome it makes an interesting vicissitude in the uh in the story yes so. uh so character creation is I think very much like powered by the apocalypse in a lot of ways. It it is, I mean, in its framework, it is effectively the same thing. It's it's answering questions on a card, and they're even sheet. called playbooks. Yeah, it uses all the framework for powered by the apocalypse. Mm -hmm. uh, just a bunch of choosing stuff off the list. There's no real moves per se in in this system, um, 
But there's always a list of ways that your character can interact directly with the story by asserting certain phrases. Yes. Um, you know, things like, would you like to come with me? Is not just a line of dialogue, but it's an invitation for a new party member to join that will alter the story moving forward. You know, so your character's your character's quote unquote ability is to say, "Would you like to come with us?" Mm-hmm. Okay, okay, that that's a power. Mm-hmm. You know, or uh, you know, a lot of other different examples of that. And sometimes, you know, sometimes those things that your character can do is fidget. Yeah. <laughs> But those are on the list, and they're they're great. They're little little bits of flavor. Um, and a lot of these lists are like, uh, choose two that apply to you, and choose one that you avoid and or no longer applies. Right. You know, choose one of these things that you take pride in, and choose one that you resent. Mm-hmm. Um, which I think is really great because those those lists then kind of do double duty. Mm-hmm. Uh. I would say each playbook really feels unique in the aspects of this wonderful world as well. Um, some of them bring a sense of wonder to the to the table, like the shepherd with their little flock of bumblebees. I think that's absolutely adorable. Mm-hmm. Um, some of them bring like a, a, the, the 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 sort of mystical aspects in that we talked about um, with like the magical things, um, like the caretaker who has a collection of shrines to small and forgotten gods in their care, and their whole job as a caretaker is to shepherd these small and forgotten gods to where they need to be where they where they're most comfortable and if they find a small and forgotten god that is not you know in a good place to take it into their care and then find some place where it can be safe and revered yeah um and then some of them also play off of the darker aspects of the world like we talked about with the traumatized traits and such um some of the playbooks are things like the veteran who must never unsheathe their blade. Yeah. And if they do, that's it. That one got dark real quick. Yeah. Um they're a, like a relic of the old war and it talks about how you have a blade, you can unsheathe this blade anytime you want. You must never unsheathe your blade. Mhm. And one of the moves your character can do, moves, actions, whatever, um unsheathe your blade. And kill the person in front of you. Mm-hmm. And then you immediately retire your character. Yep, that's it. Because you have crossed a line. You have failed. Mm-hmm. And that is, I think, the only way to really enact any sort of true violence in this game. Yeah. Yeah. And it is grim, and it entirely destroys your character the moment the moment that it happens. Yeah. Death Death is not something that is welcomed in this world at all. It is, it is held with the seriousness with which it should be, I yes. think. Yes, yes. Um, and man, yeah, reading over that veteran was, was, was very sobering in yeah. this, in this setting. Um, and then, uh, you know, just like, just like a lot of other Powered by the Apocalypse things, you've mm-hmm. got your advancement chart mm-hmm. as part of your playbook that says basically whenever you advance, you can choose one thing off of this list. Mm-hmm. It's a very light open list. Um, of things, including picking stuff from other playbooks, mm-hmm. or you know, at the very last thing is retire your character. Yeah, because it, it's something that can happen. So you've you've found you found a home, you found an end to your journey somewhere, whatever. Retire the character, pick yeah. a new one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, how advancement is done though mm-hmm. is very very cool to me. Okay. Okay. So part of the setting is that there are five seasons mm-hmm. 
each two months long. Yes. And they all have their own cool names. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's month, month, end of the season, you yep. have a festival. Yes. To celebrate the end of that season and the ushering in of the next one. Yep. And it's at these festivals at the end of a season that your character advances. Mm-hmm. Um, so the five seasons are Leap, Bright, Breathe, Silt, and Chill. Mm-hmm. Um, All super cozy. Super cozy. Mm-hmm. Uh, very agrarian. Yes. Very centered around like the harvest cycle. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're a Stardew Valley player, you will be intimately aware of... <laughs> each one of these. E- each Each one of these phases... Um, and what I love about, uh, about this is that not only do the characters have playbooks mm-hmm. and locations have playbooks, as we'll get into in a little bit here, mm-hmm. but the seasons and months have playbooks. And, and the, uh, the events, the seasonal events, and, especially. Yeah. The, the festivals and have when we, playbooks. When we talk about the playbooks of these we're not saying that it's, you know, uh, that anything different than the characters. It's literally a book that lets you make selections mm-hmm. so that no matter where you are, it's going to be a little different. And it's it's kind of a beautiful thing that, like, when you go to some other city, like, even today, like, if we went to Germany mm-hmm. for Christmas, it's different than if it than it is in, in New York City. Yeah. Or than it is in, you know... Uh, uh, Washington DC or rural Texas. All of that's going to be different because everybody it's the same seasonal event that's occurring but everybody has their own customs and traditions mm-hmm. and for that you make selections. Yeah. From a list to help you kind of just encourage the world to be a little different. Right. Here's a here's a vague description of what this holiday is. Pick two off of this list of 10 that are traditions in the place you're currently at. Yep. You know, pick one is a food that is being served everywhere mm-hmm. all mm-hmm. around you as a, as a traditional feast, you yeah. know, things like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, pick what, um, what sort of, what sort of, you know, games and celebrations are happening here? Is there dancing? Is there, you know, yeah. banners or maypoles or something like that? Well, uh, even like one of the seasons was, uh, which one of these things didn't happen this year? Yeah. Which one of these five isn't happening? Mm-hmm. You know, it, is there no, uh, is there no wind? No, no wind across the uh, the the fields, mm-hmm. you know. But there's still a light rain and all the other pieces. Like, but it's it it again gives texture and difference to what's going on, um, in a way that I've I've never seen anyone else really do it. You know, I I feel that it's that that right there by giving the game the playbook, mm-hmm. not just the PCs. You're empowering everyone to make selections in the sense of uh, without the dilemma of uh, too many ketchups or too many jellies, you know? Yeah. You know, you, you've got a list to choose from. And, and I'll get to it later of how well this game basically helps people role play. Mm-hmm. So, um, but you were, you were starting to get into um, the settings. Yeah. Uh, so. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. But in that sense that. Not just the seasons, not just the months, not just the events that happen within those months, those festivals, but the setting itself has micro playbooks for everything. Mm -hmm. Whether you're in an area, which might be like a bog or a prairie 
or uh, a small town or you know a garden or whatever you may also have on you may within that also have a specific um I'm trying to think of what they uh uh uh, the like a trait that's going on there as well, mm-hmm. you know. So that maybe there's a castle, and again, it's a selection list yeah. to help you define it. You know, pick two of these, and it can always be described as this. Mm-hmm. You know, by everyone, it's it's recognized. Um, so in that, you're always being given these basic building blocks of the world that's around them that doesn't dissuade from any or, or pull away from anyone's idea of what the setting is. Because, mm-hmm. again, it's that overarching feel of the cozy existence. Yeah. And this yeah. wandering that you're passing through. Um, and a peaceful place. It doesn't mean that it doesn't have injuries and trauma. Yeah, yeah. And, 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 and again, like, there there definitely is, like, a, a lot of these darker themes and stuff that you'll, you'll stumble across some of those. Like, if you pay attention to where the trauma uh, tags are on... On certain attributes, uh, there's you know there's there's some things in there that are like you know a a, a trauma tagged hungry wanderer mm-hmm. is lost in the cave with you right you know oh god go and read the description for hungry like because hungry in and of itself like each one of those has a mini, has a micro playbook to it well it, it's, it's got like something that can do two two prompts two ways that it can that it can interact with the world you know right. Um, or that it is driven to do yeah. because it has this attribute. Yeah. And like hungry doesn't just mean needs a cheeseburger, you know, hungry has a trauma tag on it for a reason. And, and I would say almost, and you, you kind of made a point to this earlier, um, is that it it almost feels like a choose your own adventure in the way that you're making selections and it changes each time you, you drift through them. Yeah, you know, and and I I really like that because it, it's it's a heavily collaborative system, and you end up with um, and I've I've experienced this a little bit at my own table where I where I have tried to do like open sort of free role play, you know, yeah. sort of where where it's like here, uh, Rob, I'll give you a prompt. You tell me something that's interesting here. Tell me what complication happened on the journey. You know, yeah. tell me how this how this monster responds to you encroaching on its territory. Sort of things like that. And the, the problem is that not everybody is ready to just drop improv. Right. You know, um, there are, you know, people who are more socially anxious or just people who don't think on their feet terribly well like that, you know. Or getting put need... on the spot. Yeah, yeah exactly. And and it can be an uncomfortable experience um, when, when you're, you know, when, when those things come into play. But I think Wanderhome takes a lot of the spice out of that. Yes. Because you're given a very succinct list of things, mm-hmm. a very complete list, and a and all of them fit the setting in yeah. some way. Yeah. So you're never like, oh, is this out of scope? Am I doing it wrong? Yeah. It, you know? It's like, re- for those of you who remember Mad Libs, yeah. right? Instead of just coming up with a list of random adjectives, adverbs, nouns, and things like that, and then plugging them into whatever story, it's giving you the blank spots to fill in. Mm-hmm. And then giving you a little space to write something more. Right. To right. get that, get your, 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 you know, whistle just a little wet, tell you what the tune is, and then kind of let you jazz improv anything else you want to do. Yeah. 
Yeah. And I, I like that, that it's giving you a leg up at every step, but not so much as to, to make it heavy-handed. Mm-hmm. To say, this is what you must do. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, But the theme is explicit. There is no... There's no question of what this game is. Yep. It describes that it is a place full of anthropomorphic animals mm-hmm. with insects, and the, the violence is over. Yep. And, and there are small and forgotten gods and little bits of wonders. Yeah, and that you are traveling as a group for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. From place to place, from meeting to meeting, however. Mm-hmm. And it... It's not a matter of that you're a troop or a tribe or anything like that. You just may all be going the same direction on the same cart. Sure. That's up to you, but you are on your way or arriving somewhere. You all have your own reasons and mm-hmm. your own destinations, really. Yeah. But for right now, your companion's on the trail. So uh, let's give a small example because I think it helps. Oh, yeah, sure, sure, sure. Um, so uh, one example that we pulled here is like uh, as a location. Mm-hmm. Okay, so this is the port. Mm-hmm. So you show up in port. It says uh, the port is a gateway through which the whole world opens up to you. Awesome. That is the description. It doesn't mean it's water. It does. It could be just as easily a land port mm-hmm. of roads. Uh, it says this place can always. So all of these things are are possible. Um, this place can always describe the ships and where they go. Mm-hmm. Show the dangers of a fragile lifestyle. Mm-hmm. And ask, can I take you somewhere you've never been before? Give them a token if they accept. There you go. So it acts kind of as a, there's that prompt. It, it The place can ask, can I take you somewhere you've never been before? No, obviously this is going to be a, probably an NPC. You mm-hmm. know, uh, some other, one of the kith or kin as they call them. Yep. Um, in this location, a ship captain a, a balloon captain of mm-hmm. some sort, you know, whatever. Someone who who has the power to take the group, yes, may offer to take them someplace. And if they do, you're you're rewarding them with a token for taking a chance. Mm-hmm. They've never been to this place before. Getting uncomfortable. Getting yeah. uncomfortable. Going outside their comfort zone. So, bam. Um, all right. And then it says, choose two mm-hmm. aesthetic elements mm-hmm. from chunky barges. I love that. Hot air balloons. Hence, I mentioned the balloons, mm-hmm. jetties and docks, mm-hmm. fidgeting hoppers. Mm-hmm. I'm not really sure what that means. I, I don't think it has to mean anything. Sure. Uh, ner- nervous frogs, fidgeting sure. hoppers. Um, smug captains, mm-hmm. of course. Uh, an adventurous, and that's that's a tag, The an adventurous buddy you, want, you once wandered the world with. Mm-hmm. You run into an old friend at a port. Sure. Of course you would. Um, or something else of your own invention. Mm-hmm. Most of these lists offer you as like a last or second to last choice to come up with something else you think fits that isn't on the list. Yeah. Uh, and then choose one folklore about this place. The headless spirit of the dockyard. Mm-hmm. The boat that would not sink. Mm-hmm. The eastern mists and the trouble it brings. Or something else of your own invention. Yeah. I, when I first read this, uh, this is a prompt, the first thing that came to my mind is this happy-go-lucky literal head that's on the dock. That's like the the greeter mm-hmm. as people come in. 
Hmm. And it's just this joyous little spirited head uh, like that just hangs out, you know, because it it reminds me of a Ghibli thing. Yeah. You know, where it's it's a little spooky at first, but then you're like, oh, it's it's just a joyous little thing. The small god of gregarious hospitality. Yeah. Something like that, you know. And it doesn't talk about how these gods became. It doesn't talk about what, you know, if they will fade. They just are. That's for you. Yeah. That's for your world to decide. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think this, this leads us into one of the more, I would say, poignant points of this is, where does the storyteller fit into this? That's... Now, they refer to it as a guide. Mm-hmm. And throughout this entire book, it's never referenced that a guide is necessary. Until In, it, in it, fact, I, I think it explicitly says that one technically isn't correct and in fact they kind of state early on they're like in some games i've had a guide in other games the guide rotated in other games there was no guide and yet others someone was very careful and laid out an entire story and did all the voices and everything and was a true dm of sorts as a guide Mm -hmm. and all of them were wonderful all those stories were different and it's it's without with with no uncertain terms saying that all of that is acceptable. Mm-hmm. But what I love about this section is it actually paints a really good picture of why storytellers are good and how they help in this world. Mm-hmm. But I think how they help in any and what a non-storyteller game looks like and why it's good. Mm-hmm. And I think it's I think its breakdown is beautiful. And I think it's because as storytellers, we're there to help facilitate and encourage, especially people who've never done it before. Right, right. You know, we're, we are a guide to them. Mm-hmm. We don't master anything here, right? Because the story is still collaborative, regardless of how it's looked. Whereas when you step away from having a, a guide, a storyteller, you open up that expression of everyone that they can now basically just kind of go whole hog. So it's not uncommon to start with a storyteller and then perhaps just let the story go where it goes and, yeah. and let it roll. I can see that. Um, and also, I like I really like the idea of like a rotating guide of just, you know, okay, I got us started on the road. And then like next week, you know, hey, guys, do you mind if, do you mind if I'm guide next time? I've got a little uh, – I've something happened last session and I kinda, I've got an idea that I want to expound upon. Like, yeah, yeah sure, take us on a journey. Yeah. yeah. And – I don't see a problem with that. Mm-hmm. Like I don't I don't see how that's an issue and it's there's almost a sense of like a break somewhere software so, somewhere in the softness of breaking between like and I'm going to say it like OSR and narrative storytelling mm-hmm. in the sense that like you're not in control as that guide either. It's still collaborative. It's still everyone else that's going on. You're still moving into the next thing, and then something's happening. Right, right. So there's still that sense of excitement that you don't know what the rest of those people at the table are going to bring. Mm-hmm. Or how it's going to shape. Or what traits and selections are going to be made. Like, it's still very open. Yeah. Right? And there's a beauty to that. There's a wonder to that. But they make it very easy. They actually give you a single-page quick start, which I think is wonderful. I mean, it goes as simple as make sure you have all your supplies and snacks. <laughs> yep. <laughs> snacks seem to come up in this a lot. Where are the Cheetos? Exactly. <laughs> um, 
you know, read the opening paragraphs, cover the tools, right? Uh, be safe with each other. Mm -hmm. Be kind with each other. Um, start chatting about the journey questions. Introduce everyone to the playbooks and go over how the tokens work. Pick out your playbooks and make choices of your characters. Create your first place. Choose three natures for it. Mm -hmm. Decide what month you'd like to play in, although you don't have to. Describe a couple of kith who inhabit this place or who are traveling with you. Mm -hmm. Answer four final questions. What sort of place did we just travel from? Do we feel our journey has been going on too long? Is there somewhere we hope to go? And silently, but still most importantly within your head, where is my home? Mm -hmm. And I love that. And that's, I mean, that's such a poignant question too. And that, mm -hmm. like, I think that's a, that's one of those things that like this this game does very well is it asks some big philosophical, deep, yeah, questions. You know, um, where is my home? Mm -hmm. uh, you or in our earlier discussion brought up that uh, home can be a person. Yeah, you know, home isn't always a place. Home can sometimes be a person. Yeah. And and I thought about that and I'm like, yeah, I mean, Sean's home to me. Yeah. I mean, you know, our 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 house is home, obviously. Yeah. You know, it's very cozy there, but like when when do I feel most safe and that's just when I'm with him. Yeah. Doesn't and, matter where we are. And and they kind of reference that that home can change. Mm -hmm. And it often does. Um but one of the last paragraphs um in the whole book and it's short, I'm going to read it. Um really, I think, paints that in a beautiful way. The road is a river that carries me home. I hold tight to it as it sings uh, within me, louder than any storm, yet calmer than a lullaby. Press your hand against mine, and you can feel this. My home, heavy in my heart and soft against my lips. Sometimes when I feel the harsh gales pushing against me, I can stare out at the thin and tangled road ahead and forget what waits beyond. But I trust the road. I trust the song. I trust that someday I'll cuddle up in my bedding beneath a canopy of trees deep in the forest where the small and forgotten gods dance and know that above all else, we are alive. Our care has warmth all of its own. Mm -hmm. Like, if you don't know what this game is by that paragraph, you're missing. You, you've, you've missed it. You've missed it all. Yeah. And yeah. it's beautiful. Like, this type of poetry pours out of every image and page in this book. And it's, it's, a, it's a wonder to behold. Yeah, it really is. Like, but at the same time, it's always reminding you of the feeling at every step. Mm -hmm. So... All right, that's it. That's close, what we had. Close the thoughts. Sure. All right. So, what does Wonder Home Wonder Home do well? It's the coziest ever. It is absolutely the <laughs> the most cozy ten ply game on yep. the market. If you really want to get that same sort of feeling as like Spirited Away from your tabletop RPG, where yeah, yeah okay, some 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 chaotic and some weird sort of magical things happen, but at the end of the day, everyone's all right, and the problem is solved by hugging the bad guy. Um. Maybe. 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 But at the same time, no one's dying of, of a sword thrust to the chest. 
by a random die roll. Right, 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 right. Right. You're not getting that 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 single frame of Link being stabbed by a skeleton saying welcome to Dark Souls. Yeah. Like, that's yeah, not yeah, happening. Yeah. That's not happening in this game. Um but yeah, every like I said, every single page drips with beauty and wonder and feeling of this world without explicitly telling you all of the details and lore there is no timeline no history mm-hmm. no no massive pages full of maps and art the most detailed piece of lore is the chart of the seasons uh, yeah yeah and that's just literally hey look there's 10 months right. broken and into five seasons what the holidays are mm-hmm. okay that's uh, fantastic. Even the sad and traumatic fe- things yeah. in this game feel very authentic in a way that can, you can easily empathize and, and identify with. This is by far the easiest, cleanest entry point that I've ever seen for roleplay. Mm-hmm. For getting someone who's never truly roleplayed narratively. Mm-hmm. And I'm not talking about like the tabletop aspects of roleplay. That's not roleplay. That's 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 tabletop gaming. That's, yeah, 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 yeah. No, that that's you know battle tech. That's miniature gaming. You can always tack a board game onto onto whatever you're doing. But that, to, that's fine. But... but to get someone to talk about their character and their character's feelings about something, to talk about aspects of the world that they are imagining within themselves, mm-hmm. this does a great job of giving you all of the fill in the blanks and tell me the parts I don't know. That and, make it wonderful. And it, it I, I think well, a large part of that is because the stakes are ultimately so low. Mm-hmm. You know, there's never that there's never that wonder of like, if I don't do this right, is my character going to die? If I don't do this mm-hmm. right, is Rob's character going to die? Yeah. And am I going to be responsible for that? Yeah. You know? Yeah. No, nobody's nobody's dying. No. Nobody's dying. No, it's fine. I mean, m- maybe if that's a theme you guys want to explore. Sure. But but, it, but that's no. a but that's a buy in. That's yeah, not a, it's one hundred percent a choice. Consequence of the game, you know. It also is a constant reminder that you need to check in with each other on a regular basis to see where everybody's at. Because maybe that maybe the last journey was ending in a way that no one was comfortable with, and y'all just moved on. Mm-hmm. That's okay. Yeah, nothing wrong with that Absolutely. whatsoever. Uh, and I think you know the open nature of the game uh, suggests that you can easily share the storyteller that you know the guide duties. Yes. Um, like we were just explaining here, uh, I, I think it's 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 nice that you have a, a game where the storyteller isn't so pressured to have so much control. Mm-hmm. You know, um, coming from like Dungeons and Dragons, you know, mm-hmm. where it's like every game session took so much prep because I was trying to work numbers and come up with good encounters and make sure that the monsters were balanced to the group and see what abilities you guys had and what I could put out there that you wouldn't just nuke off the table, you know, et cetera, et cetera. No, no, none, none of that. Where are we going today, folks? And what does it look like when we get there? Yeah. Cool. Who's there? Mm-hmm. What are interesting features that are here? Mm-hmm. You know? Okay, great. Let's all tell that story. And maybe if it's not me this week, maybe you want to do it next week. Yeah, and I will say to to a, a balance point is that with the token system, you are limited to how far you can go into the limelight mm-hmm. and how that light moves around the table. Yeah. I think it gives a little more understanding of what that means and how that feels. It, and I, I, 
I dare say it paints a really good picture for storytellers in other systems how to grant tokens. Because in most systems, it's like there's a line of good role-playing, give mm-hmm. a token. Mm-hmm. What does that mean? What right. is good? Did everybody laugh? Oh, I'll give a token for that. No, that's not necessarily great. Being their character, exposing something of themselves, mm-hmm. giving something up. Like, these are good traits to put in any system. Yeah. As a reason of why you should be given out role-playing tokens, a weight currency within the game. Yeah, absolutely. So. Uh, Nox uh, says in the live chat here, both you both sound like you absolutely love this game. No. We do. <laughs> uh, favorite thing about it. Um... I, okay, so favorite favorite thing, if I had to boil it down to one thing, mm-hmm. it is the way that the descriptions are written for things that absolutely ooze with flavor. Mm-hmm. Um, specifically, the thing that shook me to my core was reading the description of the veteran playbook. Yeah. Um, we described how, you know, the, the war is over, the time for violence is gone, mm-hmm. and you have this veteran who carries a sword with him. Mm-hmm. And it explicitly says in the description, you must never draw your sword. Mm-hmm. And if you do, that's the end of your character. Mm-hmm. Each of the playbooks goes through and asks you to describe certain aspects that are specific to your playbook. Okay. So the caretaker who carries around these small and forgotten gods, it asks you to describe five of them that you have these shrines to that you have in your possession mm-hmm. and what aspects they have, you know? Um, and it kind of, it, it be, by asking for those descriptions, it's asking you for, to, to build upon how, what your relate, your caretaker's relationship is with these small gods and thereby building up the essence of your character, because that's what you do. That's mm-hmm. why you chose mm-hmm. caretaker. The veteran asks you essentially a bunch of questions about your sword Mm-hmm. what is your you must never draw your sword Mm-mm. but what does it look like what is it is it blessed by a god is it um you know granted is stolen from or granted to you by by someone you know a, a legendary warrior is it uh stolen from a treasure hoard somewhere mm-hmm. you know okay and then the next thing is tell you something that uh something you how do they phrase it? Something you know about your sword mm-hmm. uh, or that you learned about warfare or something like that from someone else. And it's things like um, the greatest sensation for a warrior is is feeling your sword cut skin. And mm-hmm. that is why you must never draw your sword. Yeah. Uh, you were told by a noble that violence is just a tool to maintain power. And that is why you must never draw your sword. Mm-hmm. And they all end in those words. Mm-hmm. And and then you look, you so you get you read through all these things, and it continuously says you must never draw your sword, never draw your sword. And then you look at the things you can do. And it's you know a number of small actions, and then the very last one on the list is draw your sword, mm-hmm. kill. The first per- you know, kill the person in front of you, immediately retire your character. Yeah, you may not play this one anymore. Mm-hmm. And 
I, I've just, I don't think I've ever seen another game treat violence in the same way. That it doesn't ask you not to use your sword. Mm-hmm. It says you must never draw your sword. Yes. Even the act of producing the blade is beyond a certain pale that is is unconscionable in this time, in this place. And it does such a good job of just making you feel the weight of that burden. It doesn't ask you if you want a sword. It says, here's your sword. And then proceeds for two pages to tell you why you should never draw it. Mm-hmm. And why that would be the end of everything. Mm-hmm. And frankly, that's my favorite thing about the game. I mean, it, it explicitly reminds you the war is over for a reason. Mm-hmm. Like everyone agrees that it's over. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there's a certain sense of that that I kind of get that reminds me of, of uh, back in the day when, uh, when we were talking about Battletech. And like, we don't use nukes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the Ares, the Ares conventions. Where, like, even a millennia later, everybody's just like, nope, no, <laughs> no. Stop it. Stop <laughs> we, it. We may all hate each other, and I may invade your territory tomorrow, but don't you freaking touch that button. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, we don't do that here. Yeah. Everyone will eradicate you if you do that, even if they like you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? And it's... It's a powerful statement, um, but it it lends to the destruction that and pain and suffering that that caused mm-hmm. that everyone agreed it doesn't deserve to be around. Knox asks the excellent follow up question: Why even carry the sword if you never want to use it? Why keep the temptation hanging there? That's a fine question. That's a fine question. Knox, you should play that character. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. You should you should find the answers for that along the way on your way home. Yeah. Uh because why yeah, why keep it? Is it too dangerous to relinquish? Are you the best person to hang on to it because you know you have the willpower never to use it? Did you set it down once and something happened? Is it a reminder? Is it a memento mori for you that that it's a, it's a memoir of a of a different time that you can't let go of? Is it the sword you can't let go of, or is it the past that it represents? Yeah. I don't know. A lot of great questions that's there. A, and you should probably play that character and exactly, find out. Exactly. And I think that's that's kind of the key of this game, yeah. is to ask those questions. It really is. And, and dig at that little wound that's clearly there and just in the skin. that is precisely what I love about this game, is yep. that you ask those questions, and those are the most poignant questions you can ask about your character. Yep. I... For me, it is the it is the quintessential D and D or DMs how to run a game mm-hmm. because it's just answer the questions with the group. Yeah, you don't need to do more. That's it. Here's your setting. Let them play in it. Yeah. Answer two questions. That's it. With a short but flavorful, you know, one sentence description of of what the place is mm-hmm. or what this person's major attribute is this person is gregarious this person is adventurous yeah you know this person is hurt yeah every time i looked at this i was just like you could just take wander home and slap it onto anything to help you you really could 
to to one hundred percent help you if even if you didn't keep up the 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 softness of it, mm-hmm. it's still there to be a very functional, quick world building mm-hmm. as a storyteller. And like, the great thing is because Wonder Home doesn't really have any mechanics to speak of. No, nope. uh, especially built into any of its playbooks. There's no mechanics you're going to be butting up against, you know, to to transplant it into literally any other system. It's just a storytelling thing. Yep. It's a platform. Yeah. And it's beautiful in that sense. It's like a cozy version of Worlds Without Number. Yeah. It it is not trying to be anything but Mm -hmm. what it is. Yeah. And I love that. Yep. 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 Uh, All right. So real quick, what does Wander Home not do well? We've been sitting here singing its praises for a solid hour. You you made this point, and I, I tend to agree with you on it. I think there are ways around it, but that is is that the book is a playbook. You need all of the pages to play it. Yeah, every everything in here is a playbook, from the season to the attributes a person will have to a to the place that you're in, your to, moves, et cetera, et cetera. So I feel like you need at least one copy of the book open at all times, and you're going to be flipping through it to make sure that you're looking at the attributes that things have, and then taking some time probably to write those things down onto like cards, mm-hmm. so that you can just have them in play and not have to go back and reference them. Yep, agreed, agreed. Um, I also think it's a lot of theaters of the mind's eye, like so much so that it is, it would be, it's almost a challenge to remember all of the things because you're building the lore live. Um, in that sense, and so it's a, it's a challenge to just to keep track of everything. Mm-hmm. So if you're not completing your your story your your section of this journey before the next one and you're you're carrying over session to session there's no there's no great lore to help you Mm -hmm. right it's complex it's people to people yeah right it's 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 a lot less of you talking to a player and and learning about their actions, their character, and more about talking to a brand new person you just met mm-hmm. through the guise of a character that you are piloting. Yeah. And yeah. that can be very, very challenging to try and keep up with. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, I, I also think that, like, Diceless is a pretty bold move for some gamers. Yeah. Um, I, I, think, I think when I was describing it to Sean, Sean was balking at it a little bit because he was just like, what do you do? I'm like, well, you know, you you journey and you you explore and you come across the, the the trials and tribulations that the trail gives you, and you'll come across people that may need things solved, and you know, I mean, you you discover that stuff on the way, right? And he's like, right, but like how? Right, you know, he needs a mechanic. Yeah, yeah, and there are there are some people who enjoy the the game aspect of role playing game, mm-hmm. and and I I absolutely respect that. That's totally valid, you know. Yeah. Um. I, 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 thinking about Wonder Home, um, I think it's a wonderful game system. I don't know that I would want to run it. I think I would very much like to play in it, though. Yeah. You know, and, and or maybe do one of those ones where, like, we just kind of pass guide off every week, you yeah. know? Yeah. I could do an occasional guide. Yeah. But I don't know that I'd want this to be my game. Right, right. You know? Yeah. Um, I, I get all that. I don't think it would be as much of a struggle for for me to get into this. Mm-hmm. I actually would really enjoy running this. Oh yeah, I think. yeah, so, absolutely, absolutely. 
um, either as a rotating storyteller or as a like a, a starting guide point and then just letting it roll. And this is one of those games where I could easily see the guide having a character. Yeah. Or even the choice of the guide just being the aspects of the world mm-hmm. as character. Yeah. You know, in that sense. Easily. Easily. Um, but it is very much everything on the fly. It is directionless in that sense and can definitely make people stumble about what do I do? Right, right. Because you, and and we also come from storytelling of an aspect of, I have to make my entire character. Mm -hmm. You know, I am a class, but everything else about me, I have to come up with my drive, my motivation, all that kind of stuff. This game doesn't do that. Mm -hmm. Your class isn't your class. It is who you are. It is your direction. And by answering those questions, you get closer and closer to, every piece that makes you. So although it is gaming by committee, it is storytelling by group, I still would tend to say that it is the the hardest part of this is purpose. Mm-hmm. What is the purpose of Wonder Home? D&D's purpose is to win. Right? In many aspects of what it is, you are to yeah. conquer it. Yeah. Um you know, Mask's purpose is to be comfortable with your life. Mm-hmm. And I think this sits in that same place, is to to answer the story of what is home to your character. And that right there is an esoteric nightmare for some people. Yes, it is. So, yeah. Yeah. So that's, uh, the, I, I would say, what does it not do well? Show, put spotlights on yourself. <laughs> That that's what does not do well. I mean, it it does it well. That is that is not that is not always comfortable. There, there. Yeah. So, all right, we've got a couple questions here from Nevim. Yep. Uh, thank you very much for uh, once again, Nevim. Um, he asks, uh, "Is the game perspective refreshing?" Oh, very much. Yeah. Honestly, I I think I've gotten to the point in my own gaming journey uh, that. I'm kind of done with like heavy combat games. Um even just in video games too. Like uh I as much as I talk about Monster Hunter, you know, because mm-hmm. and, and that's and that's a very hot combat heavy game. Like uh Starfield recently came out and you can say whatever you want about Bethesda's game design and how Starfield was a failure and that and stuff like that. But like the main reason I didn't get Starfield even before the bad reviews started coming out when people re- started realizing that like if you've played two hours of the game, you've played the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Um, was that it was that same formula of, okay, you're a vast space explorer and there's all these wonders out there to behold in space. And exploration is a big thing that we want you to do. Like, okay, cool. How do we do that? Well, first grab a gun. Yeah. Uh, and there's pirates to kill and there's aliens to kill. And there's more pirates to kill, and there's enemy factions of settlers and stuff of that to kill. And I'm like, okay, but when do we get to, like, the the exploration part? The part that's wondrous and draws me into the into the stars to, mm-hmm. to see, to explore, to, you know... Well, there's plenty of stuff out there to kill. You should go out there and explore. Find new things to kill. Mm-hmm. Okay, never mind. So I it's an FPS... I don't need to give you my seventy bucks, then, right? You know, right, right. I've I've, I've killed things plenty if in we other could, games. If we could find the Stardew Valley of of open world RPGs, yeah, like that just was a game. 
Ex exactly. Exactly. Tons of interesting people and murder them. Exactly, yep. Knox. Yep. Yes. Yep. Um, all right, so the next question. Uh, does the game offer a lot of example scenario possibilities? I'm going to say yes and no. I think that the storytelling that happens throughout the book in small paragraphs gives you a, a strong enough feeling of how the game is played. But it it makes it very obvious what the scenarios are mm -hmm. and what you can build. It doesn't need to offer examples because it's there. Like, it's very clean. It's not random charts and things. It's easy to read. It's very comfortable. Yeah. In the way that it paints what you can do mm -hmm. and how it all comes together. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I, I will say it, it doesn't, it doesn't in that sense, but it doesn't need to. Yeah, there, there are definitely gameplay examples in there. Um, they're, they're, I would say, frequent but bite-sized. So there isn't like a, like we've seen in some other game systems where you've got like two pages of an example of play, you know, right. written in 10-point font. Right. Um, this is more like one page, very tightly framed mm -hmm. in that it sits in the middle third of the page and the entire rest of it is framed by either a little bit of artwork or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, it's maybe a paragraph long. Yeah. You know, uh, but it's kind of an ongoing thing through the book. Yeah. Uh, they introduce a couple players at the beginning and, yeah. uh, uh, and you kind of see their journey of like character creation and then you see their journey as a starting their journey and <laughs> then a scenario they come across through there. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's okay. Yeah. It's okay. It yeah. gives you gives you good flavor. Yep, yep. Uh what elements would you take from the game into your own? Uh absolutely what Rob said earlier about mm -hmm. how the the locations, individual place uh, playbooks and stuff like that are great to just drop in if like you you need to world build. Mhm. Mm On the fly. On the fly. Grab your copy of Wander Home and crack it open to whatever terrain, whatever biome you're in currently. And just pick a couple things off the list, and bam, there you go. Likewise, the NPC traits. Yeah. Go go grab some some traits. Those traits have ways to use them. It's not just, you know, us saying the person is sleepy. You know, that's great. But if you're like, they're giddy. Yeah. Okay, giddy has two options, right? It's it's usually like three, yeah. pick two. Right. Pick one or two, yeah. Yeah, and and, and that's great, and it's it's... It helps you get out of the lock mm -hmm. of what do I do to make this NPC feel alive. Yeah. Steal it. 100%. And it's easy to do this stuff. Like, I, I would say probably don't pull out your copy of Wander Home in the middle of your D&D &D game and do this. Um, it, it it could be useful that, that way because it is certainly quick enough. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, it's great for, like, when you're doing your prep between games of, like... Oh God! What if they go to this this forest? I don't know anything about this forest. I haven't written anything. Crack open your Wander Home book <laughs> mm -hmm. and pick three attributes off of that list, and yep. bam! Now you've got this forest. Likewise, if you're in a situation where a player can spend some reputation to have a contact show up, mm -hmm. and they're like, "Oh, my friend so and so is here." Flip, 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 flip. Okay, uh, pick one of these traits that they have. This, this, or this. And then you just grab a few things off of it. Wonderful. Yep. And that g very quickly allows you to create a, a NPC on the fly with your players. I think for me, one of the things I would pull from this, especially for games that have benefits like Benny's or Drama Dice or something like that, is what I talked about earlier, mm -hmm. where it is a good framework of what constitute a reason 
to give someone a Benny. A meta currency, meta token, yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Whether it's inspiration, whether it's bennies, whether it's drama dice, whether it's tokens, fate, whatever. Fate. fate points, yeah. Look to this where it would normally say, good reward, good role-playing. What does that mean? This game defines mm-hmm. what good role-playing looks like and why it is and what can be constituted as things a token should be able to do beyond mechanical because your players are going to come to the point of like i don't can i use my inspiration for something else sure could i edit the story yes you could temporarily remove the harm from someone Mm -hmm. you could you know do any and it gives a nice list of things that they can do and that is beneficial as hell yes that is beneficial as hell agreed all right Put a wrap on Wonder Room? I think so. I think so. I think we did a, a nice job on this. So, All right. Next week, we are doing another show. <laughs> Is, are we? Yes. <laughs> All right. Yes. We are doing uh, the differences between fun and pulpy escapism and realism with consequences. Because we, we have this thing where we play in D&D to have this kind of like hey, we're out killing goblins and no one seems to care. Mm-hmm. Or we go and do this big battle and at the end we're triumphant and the king's happy even though we just murdered like 30 guards. Right, right. You know, of this enemy guys who clearly all had families and homes and there mm-hmm. are no consequences for these actions. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and you see frequent discussions too online about like, um, you know, like, oh, uh, my, uh, my players murdered like four guards. What should be the consequences of that? You know? My players picked a weird mushroom. What should be the consequences of that? Yeah. Um. And you know, so where where do you where do you kind of draw the line between, and how do you reconcile the difference between things like your your power fantasy, your escapism, and uh, your actual honest goodness, verisimilitude, and realism? So yeah. So next, uh, you can find us on Twitter at st underscore conclave on Instagram at st underscore conclave. Listen to us every Wednesday night at 7 p.m. Eastern time on mixlr.com slash storyteller dash conclave. And join us on our Discord. Shoot us some questions. Uh, join the other great storytellers up there and uh, discuss your campaigns. Uh, mm-hmm. Throw some world building ideas up there. Uh, uh, you can find that link on our Twitter as well as our website, storytellerconclave.com. We'd like to thank our Patreon members who support us every single month, especially our named members, Knox in the Box, Subject, the Arcane Asylum, Veteran, Hulavu, Sean, Sam, and Sparkle Motion. We appreciate all your support. Our pre-show music is by Arcane Anthems. You can find them at on Instagram or on Patreon.com as Arcane Anthems. Our intro music is Beyond the Warriors by Geefrog. You can find them at geefrog.bandcamp.com or on YouTube Music. And our outro music, which you're hearing right now, is Only Our Footprints in the Sand by Midair Machine. You can find them at freemusicarchive.org. And a big shout-out, as always, to our families, Vicky and Sean. Thank, Thank you, you so much for loving and supporting us. All of our friends who sat at the center tables just give you these great stories to share with you over the years. And you, every single one of our listeners, we love you guys so much. Love you guys. Good night. Good night.